0: Welcome to Latika Vines Show, a work and life balance podcast for working moms who want to lead and grow in their careers. In this podcast, you will gain tips and inspiration to help you navigate and thrive as you balance and manage your life, marriage, career, and your faith. I am your host, Latika Vines, a working mom of four, a wife, and just like you, a career-driven working mom. It is my goal that myself and all empowering guests that join us will share and explore our life lessons and give you the immediate steps you can take to navigate and thrive in your career and life so you can build opportunities for your self-success. Subscribe to this podcast so you're notified of each episode that airs. Welcome to the Latika Vine Show. Hey, working moms. Welcome to another episode of the Latika Vines show. I am so excited that you are here with me today. As I say, every time we come together, but I am excited about our special guest today and what we are going to talk about, um, outside of, um, you know, my sister, She's also one of my favorite. Megan is one of my favorite people to talk to. So I'm so excited that she has joined us today on the Latiga Vine Show. But before we get started, I want to say that this podcast episode is sponsored by The Visionary, a career development resource newsletter for working moms and their organizational leaders, where we share tips and inspiration highlights for you to grow in your career. The latest issue is now available with tips on career development and having that plan for 2023, managing your time wisely to achieve your career goals, making sure that you shape your mindset to achieve career success, applying for promotions, and also one for supervisors, building self-esteem in the workplace. Be sure to check out the show notes so that you get your free copy of The Visionary. So guys, here we are. And I'm so excited for Megan to join us. Um, She is someone that is very special to me. She is um, a mother of three adorable children. Um, She is also the president of the International Association of Women, which if you've been a listener of the Latika Vine Show, you know that I've dropped in IAW a couple times, um, and I'm so excited to have her here. Um, and she'll tell you a little bit more about what she does as the president, but I'm so excited to have her. Welcome, Megan, to Latika Vine Show.
1: Thank you, Lee, Latika. I'm so excited to be here. I always love, love, love talking with you.
0: Thank you. Yes, we always have great conversations. We do. <laughs> so, Megan, tell us a little bit about you, what you do, where you're from, all that good stuff. Yep. So
1: I, as you said, I currently work as my, my full-time job is president of the International Association of Women. I'm also a mom to three. I have a 13, 11, and eight-year-old. I live in Massachusetts currently. I've actually lived Many places throughout the U.S. and overseas. We spent some time in Shanghai and Dubai. Um, but my background, so I graduated a long time ago, over 20 years ago now, with a with an accounting degree. And it was actually accounting information systems, but I thought I wanted to go into accounting. I Then I, I sort of started on this course of accounting in college, and I absolutely hated it. So I pivoted. I picked up more of the technical stuff. Out of school, I started working in internal audit. Um, positions through through publicly traded companies. I loved the work because it was all it was every month you went somewhere new. It was a lot of investigation. It was a lot of like digging in and and I was really good at it. But I never like I I, I didn't love my job. Like I I enjoyed the people. I enjoyed the work. I like it was okay. But I never really felt that that sense of like this is where I'm meant to be. And so. In 2008, I was pregnant with my first child and my husband was offered a job in Shanghai. And I was like, well, can I quit my job? (laughs) Like, can I have the baby quit my job? And then we spend some time in Shanghai while I figure out being a mom and what this is all about. And and he was like, well, yeah, because the, at the time the assignment benefits were going to be more than my salary. So financially it made a lot of sense. And so off to Shanghai, we went right after kid number one was born. Uh, From Shanghai, we went to Dubai. So what was going to be a 18 month kind of pause in my career then turned into five or six years where we, we went from Shanghai to Dubai, had another baby in Dubai, Dubai to Connecticut, had another baby in Connecticut. And then suddenly I, one day I woke up and I was like, "Um, I'd like to go back to work at some point. And we, we had put so much in his career that mine just completely went on the back burner, but I had been, what I had been doing during that time was supporting my parents business as they they needed help with social media and and email newsletters and updating their website and I was like well I can I can do that I can learn how to do that and I carved out this path where I I developed these digital marketing skills and I actually really really loved the work and so I said well I can do this for other businesses too and so instead of going back to full time I just started a little consulting agency where I offered marketing services and I could flex it around my kids' schedules. And it was, it was great. Um, I then ended up at IAW as a marketing consultant working part-time. And I absolutely fell in love with the organization. I just, I, the people are amazing. The product is amazing. The membership's amazing. The people like it just, I truly felt like I was doing work that I really loved and the, the meaning behind it all meant a lot. So I decided to just a couple of years ago, I kind of was like, you know, I actually also miss working in the corporate space. I did love corporate America, so I I off boarded my clients and I took a full time role at IAW, which has since evolved into way more than I ever expected. Um, But that's that's sort of the this the kind of the super non linear career path, right? It's my own path, and I'm very proud of where I am. Um, the the balance of having three kids and figuring out working full time i i'm currently going through a divorce as well so like there's there's a lot there but um but it's been an interesting road
0: absolutely absolutely and i'm here for it i <laughs> <laughs> love that <laughs> i am here for it yes and it's you know it's so important um as you know as you said you know we as working moms, we do this so often where we put our careers on the back burner, you know, to support our family, you know? Mm-hmm. And we we miss that sense of fulfillment. We miss that sense of satisfaction, um, impact. I mean, we're making an impact in our family, of course, um, but there's so much more to, yeah. to us you know then the children that we birthed and and our family and so the fact that you were able to say you know what i found something that gave me um joy a sense of fulfillment i'm going to do it and then now where you are today is beautiful it's it's a beautiful story you know mm-hmm. and i want to ask you what does necessity mean because you literally said, you know what, it's necessary for me to go back mm-hmm. to, to work. It's necessary yep. for me to find fulfillment in what I'm doing. Um, the, yes. the children get a little bit older. They don't need me as much as they did when they were infants. I, I need something more, you know? And so in a sense, you had to calm yourself back and say, you know what, I am necessary. Yep. I am necessary. I'm necessary for me to to be fulfilled in my career. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go after that. So what does necessary mean to you? So
1: I think like definition in simple terms, it's kind of the the things that that we have to have every single day, right? So food and water and sleep and and those things. But in terms of kind of the self-discovery of me, what I realized was even if I was doing all of those things every day there was a piece of me missing. And so there, one part of this was completely financial, right? My husband made great money. He was able to support us, but I had a degree and I had a background and I felt like I was, I was lacking because I was not contributing financially to the house. And it meant that I was completely reliant on him. So I almost felt like I had to ask permission to spend money on myself. Um, I felt like I, I had to be constantly aware of where, what I was actually spending and what I was doing financially. And so I wanted that financial independence to me. It was necessary for me also to be earning an income because in his mind, he was earning enough to cover us. So why, why like, why would you give up being a stay at home mom if, if we don't need the money and that, and, and he could never really understand my, like, I know I'm not going to make as much money as you do, but it's important to me. It's necessary for me to be paying my own way at times. Um, But then the other piece of this was I, I never raised my hand and said, I wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. I never, and, and I, I don't think I was a very good stay-at-home mom. (laughs) Like I, I always felt like something was missing and I loved the time with my kids. I cherished the time when I had a lot of flexibility and I could take them anywhere I wanted and we could do, whatever art projects we wanted and bake whatever we wanted, but that was not me. I, I love my kids. I love the time with them, but when I'm working and parenting, I'm a better mom when I'm spending time doing the things, So for me, it's necessary for me to have something that is me without the kids, because it allows me to have that identity. And I think it's, it's when I think about necessity, I kind of tie it into identity and what's what's important for you, right? Each person has to define that for themselves. I look at I look at stay-at-home moms and i I admire those who do it really well. I admire those who love it. It wasn't it wasn't something that I connected with. And for me, both from the financial piece and from the the just the sense of who I am, I needed to be working. And so that was the
0: decision I made. That is so good. Identity and what's important to me.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I think that's something that we will, um forget, you know, is that yes, we're moms. Yes, we're wives. We're, but there's so much more, you know, there's Megan, who is Megan? Who is yep. Latika? You know, um, yep. there's so much more than the role that we're playing. Right. You know, there's so right. much more. So I love that you said that. And it's, Really discovering, going through this phase of discovering, um, yeah, you know, and so many of us need that. We yeah. need this. I also Yeah,
1: I think that you also have to be mindful that it's kind of an ongoing process. It's mm-hmm. not like a like okay, well, I'm in this moment, and so I'm going to do some del- self discovery and I'm going to figure out what's next, and then we're just yes. going to move on. It's like you have to continuously be examining what's what do you value and what's most important to you because life changes all the time right and we're, we're we're forced to pivot we're forced to reconsider we're forced to look at relationships and i think that it's a continuous process
0: that is such a good point that is such a good point you know um my therapist told me that we as women we go through this period of transformation between 38 and 42 Whereas, you know, most men go through a transition like around 50. And she said, in this transition, we are really discovering who we are. And then once you hit that 43, 44, 45, you're like, okay, who am I now? And then Mm -hmm. at 50, who am I? And then again, 55, 65. Yeah. What is it that I like? You know, and speaking of the, the ongoing self-discovery, I had to realize that I I don't really like, um, certain colors, you know, and that's something very small, but to me, that was something very big because I don't like Brown a lot and believe it or not, I don't like black a lot, but I do love orange. Mm -hmm. I love coral. And for me, that was a really big discovery because, What I realized is when I was wearing a lot of the clothes that I did not like, the colors I didn't like, because other people said, well, you should wear this because this is most appropriate in the corporate world. You should wear this because this goes with your skin tone. I listened to it, but I wasn't happy with it. But when I realized, oh, I like orange, I like coral, I like blue, and I started wearing those colors, me came out. Yep. I came out and it was like, wow, you can't see now, but I have orange pants on right now. (laughs) I was going to say you're wearing a black jacket,
1: but I I have the same thing. So I, um, last year for one of our events, I bought a bright pink top, right? Our, Mm -hmm. Our colors here at IAW are pink, orange, and blue. And I, I love, I love the color pink. And so I typically wear very muted colors and I put this top on and, you know, everybody complimented me on how great I looked in the pink top. But the other thing is I felt it
0: like, and
1: I still like, now I have like 10 blouses in my closet, that color. And when i when i go to spaces like if i'm if i'm going to a networking event and i'm not going to mm-hmm. know anybody i i pull out my pink top because i it makes me feel good and when you feel good you are more confident yes. and you feel more in tune to who you are and what you need and so yes. something as simple as i don't like that color like it sounds yes. so simple right but when you when you do this work the the discovery and you identify the things that that really make you
0: you and make you feel proud and make you feel mm-hmm. good it 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 lifts you up differently. It does, and I would say the pink dress that you wore in Vegas was beautiful. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that that's the color, right? And and part of it was like I remember the first time I wore a bright pink top, and I was like, can I can I do can I pull mm-hmm. this off? Mm-hmm. And now mm-hmm. I wear that color, and and everyone everyone compliments me on it, yes. and I'm like, wow. Like sometimes like it can be hard to go big and bold, right? To show up wearing bright pink can be really, really hard. But now I've received, like, I don't like to put too much credit on external influence, right? Like the, Mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. I want to feel good because I feel good. Not necessarily because the whole world is like, no, you look amazing, but having that external validation. Oh, bring it. It's it's good. (laughs) Right. It lifts us up. And so I think it's, it's, it's doing, it's not when we talk, I think sometimes when we talk about self-discovery, people are like, oh, but it's so hard. And what does that actually mean? And it can be as simple as what colors make you feel good. What are you surrounding yourself with? It doesn't have to be hard. Like it is hard work if you, if you dig really deep, but like, it doesn't have to be this super
0: intensive process. Absolutely. Oh my God. And yes, pink does look good on you. Oh, thank you. (laughs) In my very bland, muted gray today. (laughs) (laughs) absolutely so how did you choose yourself over other priorities and other people so this this question makes me
1: pause because I'm really bad at choosing myself I'm I, I am consistently the last person on the list right I'm consistently the the one who waits for everyone else to take their turn um I had to make some difficult decisions in 2022. My my marriage was in a really bad place. I I realized that my priorities were changing. And I, for the first time in a very long time said, you know what? I come first. I don't feel respected. I don't feel valued. I don't feel cherished. And these are not things that I want in my marriage. And it's time to walk away. And and we'd been married for over fifteen years, and and have three kids, and had built a a life together. And like, it's the first time that I really felt like I was choosing me first. And it was it was eye opening, right? And I've I've had moments since where I'm like, wow, like I I consistently put everything else first. I consistently, and so for for me, I mean, we're we're still early in the year, right? So we talk about resolutions and health kicks and all of that. And I I started a little before January 1st because I I don't really like to align with one set date. It aligned with a point in time where after the holidays slowed down, my kids went off to their dad and I decided, you know what? It's time to take care of me. And so in that time between Christmas and New Year's, I carved out what does what does taking care of me look like and I prioritized wellness eating well, exercising, drinking water, getting enough sleep. I prioritized scheduling some really past due appointments with my primary care doctor. Um and it's I think that the there you, there we walk a fine line between being selfish and being choosing ourselves first. And I I don't know that I have the perfect answer to this because I don't think I've consistently done it enough. Um but the, I will say there's things like, like with my career, right. Traveling. If I have an opportunity to travel, I often will take that. And that's, that's prioritizing me and my career over. Is it easy to leave my three kids at home and go away for three days? No, (laughs) it's not. (laughs) Um, there's a, the, that just, I miss them and I want to be around and I want to be able to support them, but also the, the logistics of the household change when mom's not here. And so I think that when you do that work and you identify what's really important to you, it makes it a bit easier to choose yourself without being selfish. Um, because the at the end of the day, you don't want to be the person who's like, well, me, 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 I come first, I come first. Like you have to, you you do have to make some sacrifices here, but you also have to think about at the end of the day, how do I want to feel? And if I feel like I've sacrificed everything about me to give you everything you needed first, I'm likely going to be disappointed and I'm going to be unfulfilled. So how can you find the balance there?
0: Absolutely. And then there comes the bitterness and the resentfulness.
1: And, and yes, yep,
0: there's there's feelings that attach onto that. So this is yes.
1: where it's a really slippery slope because women tend to give it all, right? We yeah. We don't like to say no, we're yes people, but then I mean, there's the saying, like every time you say yes to somebody, you're saying no to somebody else. And, and, and so like really figuring out how to say no in a way that doesn't make you feel like a jerk. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I hate, I hate saying no, but I've learned that sometimes it's no, but, or it's a no, but how about this? Or a maybe, maybe next time this is right. not the right time for me. um And really prioritizing the things like when I say, yes, I want it to be a yes, I'm a hundred percent in. And so the realizing that if you consistently set yourself up to put everybody else first, those, those feelings will come. And those are, those are really hard because then they're directed at the person who maybe is not even responsible for Mm -hmm.
0: what got you there in the first place. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. So Mm -hmm. I know you said this is ongoing, but what has been your biggest obstacle um, in being the necessity in your life?
1: Ooh, (laughs) <laughs> guilt. I think, I think, guilt, I think it's the, if I put myself first, it means that my kids come second, that, that my husband was even further down the list, that my career was mm-hmm. further down the list. And so I, I, I said, like, I hate saying no to people, right. I hate, yeah. I hate making people wait because I have to go take care of myself first. And so I would say one of my big biggest obstacles is guilt. It's the, Okay, what am I gonna disappoint somebody? Right. Is me, is me making myself a priority going to disappoint somebody else or going to make somebody else's life more difficult or or cause something else? And so I probably overthink these things. <laughs> like I probably, I mean, I I talked to my therapist about this, right? I probably guilt myself into things despite nobody ever thinking mm-hmm. those things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so Um, yeah, but I think it's guilt. I think it's the, the taking responsibility for how other people are feeling when I probably shouldn't.
0: Man, Megan, that's, that is so good. And it's, (laughs) it's interesting you say that now, because before we came on, I was listening to Michael Todd Michael Todd is, um, a pastor of transformation church in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And I was listening to his clip that said, it doesn't matter what other people think of you. And I was like, man, that's good. And then last week I was listening to his series, Cuffed. Um, He's he. Well, this is an old series, but listening to the series Cuffed, and his sermon title was Cuffed to the Comments. And basically, what these two sermons are saying is that we attach ourselves too much to what other people think of us. Mm-hmm. We attach ourselves way too much. When mm-hmm. all you really have to think about is, okay, what does God think of me? You yep. know, and at the end of the day, is he going to say, well, and and well done, my good and faithful servant, or <laughs> you're going the other direction, you know? Yeah. We really have to ask ourselves those questions. Why, why am I spending so much time, so much energy Worrying about what other people think of me when they, first of all, they're not thinking about me because if they have something to do, they're going to tell me no in a heartbeat. Right. So it's okay for me to prioritize myself. Yeah, It's okay for me to not care what other people think. Yep. You know, yeah. and clearly the Bible, Tabitha Brown and a whole bunch of other people constantly say, mind your business mind your business. It doesn't, it's none of your business. What other people think It's none of your business. So they think that you're being selfish because you said no to this one thing. Guess what? They'll get over it. (laughs) it Yeah. And they'll move on to something else or to somebody else.
1: Yeah. I think there's two things there. One, it's the, like, I think that we, we often in our heads think people are, thinking about us or paying more attention than they are. Um, But it's also like people move on so fast. Yes. It's get over it, right? It's, it's, they're going to move on way faster if -hmm. you just drop it and move on. And so those, those are, I think, important moments to realize that, that we, we often let other people take space in our heads when it's probably, and I, I still do this, right? Even though I I'm well aware, I'm so well aware but I still, I still do it. It's a, it's a really hard habit to break. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: But the good thing is, you know, and you're doing the work. So mm-hmm. even though it's going to take maybe longer, you're yep. taking those baby steps. Yep. You know, you're taking those baby steps. Yep. Um. But Absolutely. yeah, that's, that is such a good point. Oh my goodness. Such a, such a good point that I know so many people can, can resonate with. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, and I'm sure for those that think of their biggest obstacle, guilt, caring about other people, um, other people's feelings towards us, I'm sure that list just will go on and on and on and on because there's so many obstacles um, that are there that are presented. And it makes me think about Tabitha. Now, Tabitha is a woman in the Bible who was known for doing just so many great things. Um, She really worked in her community and she gave into her people and she continued to give until the moment she just dropped dead and she died. But because of her good works, because of what she did for her community, Peter was able to come and resurrect her and she got back up and, and served more but i feel like we as working moms are the same thing. We're the same way. We work and work and work and work until suddenly our body tells us stop. We can't function anymore. Um we 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 just we just can't physically, emotionally, spiritually, mentally, we cannot function anymore. Was there a time in your life where you were like tabitha and you needed somebody to come resurrect you
1: yeah um i can think of multiple moments over my life but the but most recently so as i shared like early 2022 my husband and i separated it was it was a year of reflection in terms of what is the relationship we were in therapy but it was it was not it, i i had to learn how to trust and i had to learn how to communicate with him and and to backtrack a little, um, in 2019 he had a massive health incident, and so what happened then was, I kind of dropped everything to care for him because he he needed to come back to us, right? He he needed a lot of support, and so my thank God I have a great community, right? My parents came to help with the kids. We had lots of friends nearby, but I went all in on now I have to take care of like my career still here. My kids are still here. Um, I now have my parents here who are helping and I feel guilty because my parents are here taking care of my kids and doing all this stuff. And, and how do I make sure everything's going according to plan? And then I have to figure out, okay, am I staying in the hospital with him? Am I, am I not? And then he comes home and there's rehab every single day and he can't drive. So I'm driving back and forth. And, and so I, I kind of fell into this lifestyle of like, okay, well, I just get it all done. Right. I I'll sleep sometime and I will just, I'm just going to keep pushing. I had my laptop with me at all times so that anytime I had a, a free moment, I could log on and work. Um, and then it, we kind of evolved into, okay, it, it got better. It got easier. He started driving and he went back to work. Like things got better, but our relationship was still really strained and, then early 2022 it all came to a head we separated um and i like i realized that like i kept going all in on all these things right i was giving and giving and giving and at the end of 2022 i hit a wall i i had some some stuff at work that was was very intense high pressure i was really stressed about i was trying to, we were going through mediation with a lawyer. So like working through the divorce, I was setting my kids up to start living at their dad's house instead of their house. And I, I shared with my therapist that I literally felt like I hit a wall. I would sit down at my desk and I would just stare at my monitor. I couldn't get, I couldn't, I historically, if I have something I need to get done, especially for work, I just sit down and get it done. I make my list and I crank and I, I literally hit a wall and I, I couldn't, I couldn't explain it, but I, I just, I didn't feel like I could get up and do anything. I was sleeping way more than I was used to. I was constantly exhausted. And this is somebody who (laughs) I used to pride myself on staying up till 2 AM to finish, like crank out work because I could be so productive after the kids went to bed. And suddenly I don't have that window of time to work because I am so exhausted And so I mentioned this to my therapist and she's the one who was like, have you considered? And we talked about anxiety. We talked about depression. And what I've realized is I gave and gave and gave. I I mean, I supported my family moving from Connecticut to Massachusetts. I didn't want to move. I hated the idea of moving. We We had just been settled in Connecticut for two years, but there was a good job opportunity for my husband at the time. And I said, let's do it. And he actually just asked me this yesterday. Why did you say yes to that move? If you were so depressed, if you were so against it. And I was like, because it was, I wasn't thinking about myself. I was thinking about the family. I was thinking about your career and on paper, it made sense. Right. So I'm not going to say, oh, well, I don't, I, I don't want it. Don't make me uncomfortable. Right. And so I, I think that my, my moment was, was really the, the diagnosis of depression and anxiety and realizing just how much I've pushed through and kind of like push those feelings down, push those emotions down. And I think in terms of advice to, to other working moms that are going through it, be realistic about your emotions and your feelings, be honest with yourself. Because one of the things that I used to do, especially right after Rich's health scare. Like everyone be like, how are you doing? Like, you're so strong. You're, you're doing it all. Like, you don't want a meal train. You don't want us to bring you things. You don't want us to drive your kids. And I'm like, I got it. We're good. I was lying. I was not, I was on the inside. I was destroyed, but nobody was going to see me. Nobody was going to see me. Like I'm strong. I've got it. And then people are praising me. You're so strong. You're doing amazing. And like, yep, you're right. I am. And I'm just going to keep doing it. And I think we we have to be willing to be vulnerable and let people in. And we have to be really honest about how do we really feel about things, especially big changes, right? Because big changes have big impact and even small changes have big impact, but like they start to trickle into, well, your emotions don't matter, right? You didn't, you didn't express anything. So it doesn't matter.
0: I know so many of us can relate to that. You know, um, whether it's it's going towards your husband's degree, I mean, or position, you know, new job or um, taking care of a family member. So many of us can can Mm -hmm. relate to that and putting yourself on the back burner, uh, putting your feelings on the back burner, putting your health on the back burner, um, putting your emotions on the back burner for the good of the family. You know, um, and we do that every single day. We right. We do that every single day. We're sick, but we still gonna get up and we're gonna make the kids breakfast and we're gonna send them off to school, and we gotta finish this email, and we gotta we do all of that every single day. Yep. Every single day. And the the beautiful thing is we now know. And there are so many more resources available to us today that can help us, that can support us, that can guide us to make sure that we no longer have to put ourselves in the back burner, that we no longer have to say, you know what? I don't matter. They matter. Well, everybody matters, right? You know, all every single person in this family matters, Yep. You know, yep. and I yep. love what you said that we have to be honest. Absolutely. We have to yeah. be honest. And we I have- think,
1: yeah, something I tack onto that is making sure that you're intentional about building community and support yes. around you. So it it's... <sighs> I think because I've moved so many times, I've, I've found a way to do this right where I connect into other people in my community, but also, I mean, you and I have talked before about Mm -hmm. support groups and therapy groups, and it doesn't necessarily have to be somebody in your backyard. It could be somebody that, that is going through something similar that you can reach out to. And just sometimes you just need to vent, right? Sometimes if you can just express how you really feel, that helps. But community, I mean, I say there's power in community. And I 100% believe that through my church, through my friend groups here, through all the people I've met all around the world, like I have a solid group of people I can lean on, but I have to be honest with them. I have to be yes. willing to, to lean on them when I need them.
0: Mm. We have to be honest. Mm-hmm. We, ha- we have to be honest. Yep. We have to be honest. And one of the things that I gathered today for our work-life balance tip is that we in order for us to be the necessity in our lives we have to be honest with who we are our identity and what we need Mm -hmm. what we need and it's okay if we need 50 things it's okay Mm -hmm. and it's okay if we only need one thing yep but we have to be honest with what that is yep absolutely so 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 powerful. Thank you, Megan, for for joining us. Um, I'm this was so awesome. happy. I I
1: always love I always love chatting with you, Latika. I <laughs> I love your energy and your spirit and the the tips it's and true. advice. So I I I remember the day you joined IAW and seeing your profile and be like, I need to go follow this person. <laughs> and working moms, we're down. Um, so thank you for always showing up and and supporting and providing so many great resources.
0: Thank you. Thank you. So tell us what's going on at IAW. How can we stay in contact or connected with you um, and what we can do to support IAW? Yeah, so.
1: If, if you're looking for community and career support or business support, um, the International Association of Women is a network for you. We do a lot of networking events. We do a lot of personal and professional development. Um, we are all about supporting and uplifting and helping women so that we can all have more impact on this world and do it in a, a healthy way. Um, you can find me on LinkedIn and on Instagram, um, Meg Boz, M E G B O Z Z. And if you have questions about IAW, you can, you can visit the website at IAWomen.com or just reach out to me. I'm always happy to send along information. I love, I love connecting with new people. So.
0: Absolutely. And all your information is in the show notes. So please feel free to reach out to Megan, check out the website um, so you can learn more about IAW and what IAW does. Um, IAW does live up to their name. They are international. um, So we have chapters everywhere in the world right now. We, I mean, we even have a virtual chapter. So You have opportunity to join um, and be a part of this great network of women, both career and business, um, and really be able to have that support, that leadership. There's something going on every week in IAW. (laughs) There's something that's going on every week. Um, if it's not a networking event, it's a leadership lab, it's a training, um, and there's so many resources available to support you wherever you are in your career or your business. So definitely check out iawomen.com for those details. Thank you again, Megan, for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. And thank you everyone for joining us for this episode of the Latika Vine Show. Hey, working mom. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I hope, I pray that this episode was such a blessing to you. Please bless us by rating this episode and sharing how it's helped you to manage, to balance your marriage, your life, your career, and your faith. Thank you so much for joining us on The Latika Vine Show. And I can't wait for you to listen to the next episode. God bless you.